Hello, welcome to Get My Basket, the podcast that helps you put your DC brand in more people's baskets. My name is Ollie. I'm the founder of 303. And I'm Jamie, the MD at 303. And in this podcast and in our newsletter, you can expect to see brands that we're loving, ads that are working super well, and much, much more. So to make sure you don't miss out, please make sure you subscribe on both audio and video platforms and head over to 303.london to sign up to our newsletter. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, how are you? Very well. It's nice not having to do the intro each time. Are we going to say how nice it is to not do the intro each time? Every time, yeah. That's yes. the new intro. Mm. Um, how are you doing? Very well. Excellent. Well, welcome to Get My Basket, the podcast that brings you all the inside knowledge into the world of DTC brands and how to market them. Mm. Um, we are actually late in filming this episode this week because I've not been very well. Got sore under the weather? Yeah, under the weather. Not, co- not COVID, not COVID but, but I have been... Struck with illnesses, so we are currently a few days late, but nevertheless, we are here to talk about this week's topic of our newsletter, which is an interesting one, slightly different from our normal world, um, digital, let's say, yep. um, but definitely something that's worth worth speaking about. But before we get into that, how's your week been? All good? All good. Summer has arrived. Yeah, we'll say it'll start raining as soon as we say that, yeah, but it's warm. It is warm. It's good. It's nice. In um, town. Yeah, in London town. Apparently it's raining over us. Yeah, terrible. Uh, but yeah, we had many pitches last week. Um, quite a lot of big creative projects sort of yeah. um, on the brink of commencement mm-hmm. and been pitching all over the world as well. An Australian pitch. How did that go? Went well. Um, very opposite ends of the time difference. So I foresee that being fun for the team. When we've got American businesses and Australian businesses. Yeah, there's going to be some, gonna be some conversations yeah. there. But um, we'll but make do. Team yeah. always do. Exactly. Um, I turned 26. You did turn 26. Big happy moment. birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, that will be the last birthday? happy birthday that I made. Did you like my present? Yeah, very good. Very good. You can tell the people what it is. Some incredibly aggressive <laughs> cycling glasses that yeah. almost bridge the gap between glasses and goggles. Yeah, they're basically like ski goggles, but for cycling. You won't miss me. Basically. No. And I don't, yeah, I don't think you should in those. No. Aggressive. Um, but no, very, very kind and thoughtful gift. Um, and yeah, that's basically that. Bit of very hectic whistle-stop week, especially without you here. I was here. No, you weren't. You I were here, but you weren't here. I was yeah. fucking here. <laughs> I literally I went home for the first time ever on like Friday at four o'clock instead of six o'clock. There's a zombie batting around for a few days there. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't very. Brain well. fog seems to be a thing that everyone gets with illness these days. Yeah, it is, and I think that's a COVID thing. To be honest, I think that's like a slight long COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, um, before we start, I want to just plug the newsletter a little bit because we are on Friday. We released our tenth. Newsletter, which is a nice little. I thought you were say our tenth and final. Newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our tenth newsletter on Friday, and I mean the first thing that's very nice is there's some really obviously we see everyone that's subscribed and we see your email addresses and then we search your URLs and we find out the amazing brands you're from. So firstly, there's some very cool brands that are subscribed to the newsletter, which is nice because I think there's a lot of value we can add to them, and hopefully you get value every single week. Secondly, there's obviously a lot of personal people that are using their personal emails who are from all around the world. Um, I imagine, I don't know, only what Clavio tells us. Um, but there is a good amount of people now subscribe to the newsletter, but obviously we want more people to subscribe to said newsletter. So if you're listening to this podcast or you listen to it every single week and you are not subscribed to the newsletter, head over to 303.london 
forward slash blogs and you can sign up on the landing page there. Equally, if you head over to the site, you'll probably get attacked by a pop-up at some point in your journey um, to subscribe to Get My Basket because we've got a lot planned for Get My Basket, including some guests, some special features. Um, there's also a few giveaways of quite cool things, so people need to get in the mix. Um, we're also going to possibly open another version of the newsletter. There's a lot happening in the coming months, so please do subscribe. Equally, if you know someone that's going to be interested in the newsletter and you think it'd be valuable for them, you can refer someone to it by clicking the link within the newsletter when it arrives in your inbox. Plug over. Advertisement. Thank God. Done. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank God indeed. But yeah, thanks so much if you've been subscribing and thanks so very much if you've been listening to us over the last 10 episodes. We plan to continue. I want to get to episode 303, but I realise that's going to take three years to get to. How no. many... Five years. We'll, we'll have millions of listeners at that stage. Hopefully. Surely. Let's see. Um, we'll, we'll get there. But anyway, moving into the week. This week we are talking about out-of-home ads, and in particular, certain brands that are smashing it when it comes to out-of-home advertising. Now, it's not a space we not necessarily operate in ourselves too much. We have done some work in there, in that world. Um, but I think the what's hot of the week is speaking about a dating app called Thursday. And I think what's interesting about Thursday to kind of kick things off, I'm sure a lot of people know about those guys and, and what it is, but do you want to give some... I've never had a dating app in my life, but um, give us some context around Thursday. What is Thursday? Well, I've never had Thursday, Okay. Um, I've been in a relationship in the lifetime that Thursday has existed, I think. Mm-hmm. So I've missed the Thursday boat, boat which is a shame because I don't know how it works now. Um, well, I do know how it works, but I haven't, I haven't got the first-hand experience. I live vicariously through... A number of friends who do use the app. Mm. Um, are we allowed to say that is a big advocate of Thursday? No, 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 okay, no. Fine. Seb, cut um, that. Seb, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut it. No, Don't. tell you what, bleep that. Bleep yeah, name. Bleep. I bleep, I've said it again, but bleep that <laughs> and keep going. And then just run this part <laughs> to make sure. Cover the face as well, because if I say. Yeah, yeah. Like I need like. <laughs> like, try and bleep this. <laughs> we need to move on. Um, that would be another bleep. <laughs> Perfect. It would literally just be one long beep, that segment. Um, but yeah, Thursday is, I think, like, dating apps have long, like, the last f- sort of few iterations of, like, big dating apps that have gone big, like yeah. Hinge and various things, have sort of, like, positioned themselves as this thing where it's very much like a tool that is made to be, like, temporary. Yeah. It's like Hinge. I think their slogan was always... Um, like the app that was meant to be deleted and like mm. basically trying to destigmatize yeah dating apps and be super fun and yeah. like resonate like one, crazy apparently with one in three i was uh, reading a gwi report on like gen z behavior yeah apparently one in three relationships in gen z starts on the dating app now really which is pretty wild so that's a lot of that's a, you know, a mm. big proportion um and thursday i think was did bring something really sort of fun fresh and again destigmatizing in its like sort of um, positioning, which was like it's always quite awkward to say, "Oh yeah, we met on Hinge or whatever mm. it might be." So it was just we met on Thursday, which yeah. is quite smart. Um, is in the day Thursday because the app is only open on Thursdays. Exactly. So it's yeah. like you can only date one day of the week. Um, the app only works on that day. So I think it was a really cool idea. Um, it was like nice and neat in the way that it does that whole destigmatizing thing, which I think all of the good dating apps that have um, yeah, made some headway, I guess, in the market over the last few years have done. Mm. But then I think what was much better was 
the way that they sort of marketed themselves early on. Um, they've always been fairly guerrilla and fairly disruptive in the way that they market. Yeah. Um, but I think what's interesting is that's been done especially out of home. Yeah, the out of home stuff. I mean, they, Thursday, if you want to know more about what they've done on this, I think LinkedIn's a good place to find good examples. Um, the founding team and a lot of the, the staff at Thursday are really good at showing what they're doing out for out of home online, which we'll get to because I think that's kind of where we think there's a good tie-in for digital world. But um, yeah, I think what Thursday have done, they've done a lot of what I would call guerrilla out of home where, you know, there's sandwich boards or there's, you know, man in man with sign, sign type stuff, do with sign, sorry, type stuff. But I think they've gone very heavy. Very heavy, um, very heavy around the tech stuff, but using the right language. Yeah. They've there's loads of out of home stuff from Thursday where they've used their competitor names just to gain attention yeah, yeah. from people, um, and it's clearly working because it, you don't really see many dating apps doing a lot of online um, ads. Like there is some, I'm sure if you go into our library and search them, you'll find them. But I guess what they're doing is using niche areas we are in central london so you're seeing we see a lot of it yeah. but um it's super text heavy and it's super like almost wanting people to take a photo of it and post it online right yeah. that's it's kind a, of the objective yeah it's it's sufficiently disruptive and like risque i guess yeah that it is quite shareable yeah and yeah i guess as we're sort of like alluding to is i think the time that out of home goes really really well for someone is that it is something that's sufficiently shareable that you take a photo, which is obviously on a smartphone, which then goes on social media, yeah. and then there is a virality to to all of it. To all of it. Um, no, completely. I think that's really smart. No, definitely. Well, I think they're they're very interesting as a kind of example of of I think how to do it right and I think how to understand audiences. I think what we'll come into now is the fact of like the thing with out of home that probably a lot of people in, especially DTC and especially sort of new startup world or SME world. Is out of home just not really expensive is the first thing. And I think the second thing is how much out of home is actually for out of home versus to then post on digital? And does that not mean people are just faking out of home ads and posting them online? Because I think the third thing... What percentage of them are photoshopped? Yeah. So so let's talk about the first thing. Expense. Yeah. Out of home is not cheap. Um, Or people don't quantify it as cheap, right? Definitely not. I think like... It's similar to TV. I think like those traditional ad channels mm. were obviously prohibitively expensive for SMEs and startups for like many, many years. Yeah. And that's why so many of them piled into Facebook as soon as that you know, started going on. And then there was that huge rise of of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever else that you want to mm. use, um, depending on your brand. And I guess there has been a bit of a response to that by the more incumbent channels like Out of Home, TV, print, etc., where either that I think they've basically done two things broadly. One is they're more targeted, uh, more targeted or targetable. Yeah. So everything's more like the reporting of them is more robust. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily go for out of home as much, but like the way that people are selling it, like especially with digital out of home, mm. it's much more kind of like social, I guess, really, yeah. in the way that it says like indicative numbers you know, the type of people that are in the area, like they have a bit more of a like marketing hat on mm. as in the media um, owners when you're sort of talking to them. Um, and then the other thing is that it has just democratized in price massively. So not only like Piccadilly Circus has probably gone up in cost over over time, yeah. but more widely 
the way in which you can advertise on tube on things like tv we used um, a channel called sky ad smart which i think we've spoken about on the pod before but like that is you know you could do a ten thousand pound campaign over a month yeah previously it was hundreds of thousands if not millions on easily 10 times the size yeah yeah so there's been that sort of increase in the quality of the cell i would say like people Mm. like you you get more info on audience on impressions on all that stuff and it has generally come down in cost a little bit yeah um and obviously as well the digitalization of out of home as well so like there are screens now not just yeah completely so and um creative is better i guess and i guess the second part of that is like what's the what's the objective for a lot a lot of the time when it comes to out of home you know especially let's let's put ourselves in the in the more direct consumer you know headspace why would you even consider like why why are thursday thinking that out of home is worth anything to them you know or firstly why are smaller you know f&b brands thinking that dtc is a tool worth their time like pippa nut did loads on the tube pre-lockdown obviously covid's had its play in the amount of people that's you know driving around i think I don't know who was advertising on the tube during lockdown. Like, I remember seeing photos of, like, the blanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, equally, I remember reading something on LinkedIn where someone was literally like, we're just going to leave it up because we have nothing to replace with. Just TFL ads, basically. Yeah, and there was obviously COVID um, awareness was running ads, and I imagine their free placements were heavily discounted. But um, what's the purpose? You know, like, a brand like Pippa Nut, for those that don't know Pippa Nut, peanut butter brand, amazing brand, been around for a good few years now, um, doing doing some great things. What's the purpose of them being on a tube ad for a DC product, which is either sold online or in a Whole Foods and maybe a Sainsbury's? What's why would you do it? Well, I think I think first and foremost, it's a really valuable touch point. It does just get shitloads of eyeballs on something. Yeah. Um, Clean Co have just done one on um, Holland Park roundabout, yes. like massive photo of Vogue Williams, who's like heavily pregnant with a gin and tonic, mm. which again is like. Very good self clean coat, really clever ad, I think. Um, yeah. But but the I think the thing with it is is like you can make arguments for its you know shareability, mm. its social proofing, and all of that stuff. I think is really val- valid and valuable. But fundamentally, it is because there is a lot of eyeballs on it, and if it's a good ad, yeah. that's why. And do you think that's it. like? I mean, I ha- obviously have my opinions, but do you think without of home, they need to be some form of let's call it a disruptive ad. Like, not disruptive in terms of, like, bad in nature, but just mm. in terms of something that is super memorable. You know, 10 years ago, there was ads that were, like, really, really just boggo standard, whatever it might be. Whereas if you see out of home from, like, Gusto, which we've spoken about before, like, it looks incredible and it's very, you know, strong. Out of home seems to only work well if it if it could be shareable online as, like, a well, metric. Yeah, I, think, I think if you look at Thursday, they've never done just, like, Thursday... No, they've never the been like, come and find Thursdays. your new partner, or yeah. like, yeah. Find love on Thursdays. That's, that's just never been a thing, say. no. It's going to be like Ben Hinge, like, yeah. whatever, like, more creative. Yeah, but, but it has to be aggressive. Yeah. It has it, to be, it, even, even the Clinko one, not that's aggressive, no, but it's, it's there's standing a bit of, out. There's definitely a bit of shock factor. Yeah, the shock factor is so key. And and that's that's the point. So I think first and foremost, the value of out of home. Yeah. You can't make the argument that it's really trackable. You can't make the argument that like you're gonna have really nice, neat attribution, mm. etc. That's just not possible to do. But what you can quantify is how many cars go around Holland Park Avenue every single day. Yeah. And therefore how many eyeballs are gonna look at that every single day. Mm. They're doing pop ups in Westfield. There's loads of people going up Holland Park Avenue into Notting Hill. Mm. They've probably done some smart audience things to say that lots of clean co customers because like the geo targeting is a huge like, yeah, thing, right? 
you auto, you can qualify people on their commutes on all that stuff. M- the example I always give with that is um, Oatly. Yeah, they when they first came into the UK with their new branding and stuff, mm. they knew that broadly their customers they did huge amounts of like um, audience scoping, and there was a huge amount of customers that lived in places like Brixton, Clapham South, Clapham North, yeah. like. Um, etc that was where lots of people that were more environmentally conscious like millennial yeah uh, oat, South London oat, milk, areas basically, yeah, yeah. oat milk drinkers basically and they I think they did loads up in Stoke Newington Hackney blah 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 did all that stuff and then they also did a load of mapping on where most of those people worked yeah and then they did huge disruptive like epic like murals out of home ads all that sort of stuff they they covered Brixton Station because that's another thing right like out of home yeah doesn't necessarily mean like your classic billboard and it's it's what we speak about in the newsletter we've we've given five examples of brands we think have smashed over the years in terms of i think a lot of people you look at it like a canvas like what can Mm. i put on that canvas is going to change it you can go down the route of having just an ad that's on there that's got great wording and that shock factor like you said but uh, equally out of home can be almost every anything and everything yeah. and and that's one thing that i think you know you even i've even started to see I, th- I think it might not be Oatly, but other brands where you know the classic like festival posters mm. where they're like stuck on over glue and Trip, you see them Trip are doing loads of those like yeah, they nice. are ex- like not that expensive they're quite efficient in price but they're just getting you in the right place at the right time I and see. i think it's been interesting, I mean, because of COVID, everyone had a perception on out of home and then people are trying to mix it up and, and do something different. And obviously we're all looking at different channels with how Facebook yeah. is performing. And, you know, especially when a big fish starts to swim away, you automatically look at like, right, what else can be done? I just think people look at out of home as like, that's crazy money with no return. And I get that argument. I do understand that. I just think it's right. You could equally say that about, you could just throw a hundred grand at Facebook and it won't work. For sure, you you that, c- that think, does happen. I, I scarily, think, yeah. I think like it, to put it in like a digital context. If you think about like programmatic display advertising, yeah, where you're basically qualifying your traffic based on the sites that they're visiting. So yeah. like, I'm a car brand. I'm gonna do programmatic advertising on Auto Car Magazine or mm. whatever it might be, mm. as opposed to going onto Facebook and like targeting interest groups of people yeah. who like cars. Which, by the way, there's just been an independent study that says 30% of the time interest groups are not actually targeted when you do interest-based targeting on Facebook, which is frightening. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what that actually pans out to be. But like, if we use an example of like something really simple like Rolex watches, yeah, places where Rolex advertise out of home are on things like F1 tracks. Geneva Airport is just littered with yeah, Rolex adverts. Yeah. Um, ski resorts, yeah. like... They qualify the people that are off, like likely to have Rolex watches by mm. you know places they're going to be. Would Rolex do like you know mash up paper things in Shoreditch? No. Like, obviously not, because no. that's just not where their audience mm. live. So to give it some very like literal context like that, I think it's really smart to do some stuff where we know that like for instance we did it. Back in press days, we knew loads of our customers were in SW3 and SW10. Yeah. Um, so basically Sloan Square out to like Ells Court, basically. Yeah. Um, so we would be running Facebook targeted ads, do some tube bits and flyer yep. around those areas so that you just absolutely hammer. It's like right doing a lookalike targeting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you can be really strategic in the way that you do it. Mm. Going back to Thursday, I think they... They do do that to a small extent, but they they definitely can appeal to anyone who's single. 
Yeah. So what they're doing is going way harder down that disruptive line of like we're gunning at Tinder and Hinge and yeah. whoever else. Bumble. Which, by the way, with Hinge, not that followers necessarily mean anything, but we showed in the newsletter. Yeah, got I love the this. same. They've got the same following as Hinge, and they yeah. are eighteen months old. So what it's like. It's a good reflection yeah. of, of what's working, right? And what's landing well. And, and, you know, follower numbers can tell you a lot about things, but not everything. But it's definitely a good example of the growth you can have. And I think why Thursday is interesting is they've got a multi-channel approach. And that's definitely the way that things are going. You can't put all your eggs in one basket anymore. Like, no. it's just not a thing. We've been speaking about that for the last couple of weeks. Um, and we often have conversations with people about you, you need to think about diversification and, you know, that's why we built 303 because we have multiple different channels that you mm. can utilize and, and build from. But um, let's talk about some good examples that we've um, listed about in the newsletter this week. Yeah, we should. Um, I think I'm going to chat about my favorite first. Yeah, fine. I've and got then my favorite, so hopefully it's what's your favorite? Okay, you go first. My favorite is Kit Kat one. Mm. So I guess before, <laughs> before we speak about the Kit Kat one, because the Kit Kat one is genius, if you haven't seen it, Head over to 303.london. You'll be able to see the newsletter as a blog post. Equally, if it's in your inbox, have a look at your inbox. The first thing is brands that are using out-of-home ads that aren't real on platforms like LinkedIn and social networks is a thing. I think it's clever. I think it's smart. I think a fair play. I the love that they haven't paid for the media space. I, I they haven't paid for the media space yet. It has that viral capabilities. I think a lot of people are doing it. The only thing I wanted to say is like, Maybe just think about them. Kit Kat is one of them. This Kit Kat one is not actually real. It is a composition of an ad, um, and it went viral on LinkedIn. And Kit Kat didn't even do it. And Kit Kat didn't even do it. So um, yeah, I think it's an interesting play, and I think there are brands that are starting to do more should of we that. Should we say what it is? What? The Kit Kat ad. I'm getting to that. I'm just explaining the fact that a lot of it's not real, and just FYI. Equally, if you're on a brand, I would maybe do it because I think it works very well on LinkedIn, and it possibly goes viral. The Kit Kat one is genius for many reasons. Tell me why you like it. Well, I think it came out in like... 2020. Q2. Q, it was like I peak, think it was Q3. It was like peak hell of Zoom calls. I think, I think it was this going into the second lockdown. Yeah, it was like the worst. It was when everyone was just absolutely sick to death of video calls. And it was yeah. just like death by like... I think there was a day in that year where I was on Zoom for about 11 hours. Yeah, yeah, just back With to various things. And that was like loads of internal stuff, obviously, but it was just like meeting, 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 meeting. I literally, it was just like, I saw this ad. Um, Chris actually shared it on his LinkedIn, yeah. I think, which was when I saw it. But basically this graphic designer had literally made a like composite thing of his calendar that literally was just every hour, Zoom call, Zoom call, Zoom call, Zoom call. Yeah, and little then, bar lines that you get in a Google yeah, calendar. Yeah, literally exactly like an Apple calendar. And then two hours in the middle, which ma were made to look like a Kit Kat, where it just said, like... He didn't say anything. And then but he, he obviously said Kit it as take yeah. a break. But Kit Kat's known for... And I think that's what's genius about, you know, we were talking about in the newsletter, that kind of classic mm. phrase is slogan, but like, take a break, or um, should have gone spec savers, or every little helps, like these big brand phrases, which to be honest, I think a lot of DTC brands forget that. Yeah. Like, there aren't that many. There are some campaigns, but there's nothing that really sticks to it. And I think... I think there's lacking of brand strength in not having them. So I think it's always good to collecting cars. One of our clients list free, self free, hassle free. That's a perfect one. Really explains the brand really nicely and, and people resonate with it. Anyway, everyone knows take a break. So you didn't even, it's not even on the ad. It's a composite. It's been put on a, as a render on a, on a tube ad. It wasn't uh, on a bus stop. It wasn't actually mm. on there, but 
what's clever about it is this, the timing is perfect. And there's a lot of good examples of timing ones we haven't actually spoken about the newsletter. Do you remember the Heineken one from the Euros? Yeah. That was a big one um, that went down really well. The IKEA one, which I think was actually released by an agency with um, old Bernard, Bernie Bernie Sanders when he was sat in the IKEA chair. Yeah, and then the, the chair Bernie. was on like yeah, and all that kind of stuff. But timing is often very key for these kind of. There's no way you can, unfortunately, unless it's digital, it's quite hard to run out out of home really reactively. You can do it within digital, like we've actually worked on a project that was really reactive and and went out within I think ten working day. Uh, 10, yeah, 10 working days from sort of start to finish and it was on screens. Um, actually, if not a little bit sooner. But the reactiveness is quite hard to get across, but I think the reactiveness is where the massive strength is in. If you're a D2C brand or if you're any brand, being able to be super reactive to out of home to get mass eyeballs and mass awareness, that's what creates the shareability quite a lot, which is why this went down so well, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, a great example, great ad. I think um, my favourite is the Specsavers one. Um, have you seen this? You, have you read the newsletter at this point? I'm merely refreshing my mind. Well, it's up on screen now and you can go and check online. But to, for those that are listening, I'll briefly explain. Specsavers got a very simple ad, which was, um, should have gone Specsavers, which has been run now for like 10 years. Um, and they had two ads, one of them, which was on just a plain canvas, which is a rectangle horizontally, and they shifted it to be vertical. So all it said on the blank piece of paper with a Specsavers logo in the top right-hand corner, which should have gone Specsavers as if the person putting up the thing was on the wrong way around. I just think that's so simple. And for me, I'm a bit like, why do Specsavers run so many out-of-home ads? Because I think there's other things that will be more effective in some way. But I think it is that viral thing where people go, oh, actually, yeah. like, it's a kicker. I'm gonna I wonder what again. their, um, I think Specsavers, like, market sort of knownness, mm. whatever that metric is that I'm forgetting the word of now, but like Market the percentage of the percentage of people in yeah. the UK that are aware of Specsavers, yeah. it must be a hundred percent. I reckon they run a lot of out of home to remind you. Like everyone, like if you say where are you gonna get glasses, most people say Specsavers and probably Boots second, maybe. Um, I like I think, <coughs> but that that's a really good example of a slogan that I think very few slogans establish themselves well that have got the brand name in it because it just mm. feels a bit hard push. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, I remember, I used to go to Leicester Tigers, bless up. Um, rugby always when I was a kid and there was this really old man that always sat behind us and any time the ref did anything even slightly suspect he'd always just be there going should have gone to Specsavers <laughs> and it was like it was like one of those things it it's was super, like yeah, it's, it's just, just really everywhere everyone, yeah. but they're, so. they're out of home ads are super clever there was another one where they the, you know the, the paper of the, the ad was over a, a ladder as in like he didn't see to take the ladder out like it's really playful but it's so shareable like the shareability is massive um which i think is really important there are i think if you search online we've actually got a pinterest board in our pinterest account that's got loads of these compiled together ikea have done loads of amazing ones coke and mcdonald's are big on making wicked out of home ads but i just feel it's an opportunity to be a lot more creative with your brand for a d to c and that's kind of the to wrap all this up i guess is what is the what is the opportunity for smaller brands? Um, I think what we've identified is that the geo targeting is a big part to play. You know, if you know where your audience are, if you know where they're located, if you're London based or if you're Manchester or Glasgow, wherever it might be, where are people? Where are your audience actually living, working, yeah, staying? That's a big part of out of home that people often get wrong, which is where I see the the oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't. Yeah, resonate I think it's also a big caveat. Which is, if you've got a brand that's got clear audience locations, mm. maybe it is for you. Yeah. 
if it's if you don't and you're a bit mass market and a bit generalist, mm. like if you're John Lewis, yeah, wants to do an out of home campaign, that's quite difficult. It is because and yeah, you know, there's probably John Lewis customers in all boroughs of London, in all cities of the UK, whatever. So you would you therefore also got need multiple products and yeah, you know, and the, that and at that stage you would need huge budget to be able to get the yeah. sort of like cut through that you'd need. Yeah. Whereas if you are and they've nailed it right because they yeah. just do Christmas and they just and smash they, Christmas. They just smash yeah. like that's their approach. But I, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's very. I think that's the that's what's quite interesting though for these smaller, you know. Bes- more bespoke brands where they've got a couple of products, a clear brand meaning, a messaging, someone like press, whatever it might be, you have a lot more opportunity to be creative and push out different yeah. things with Out of Home. I do think, I've always thought that Out of Home in on roads, like Hammersmith Flyover, which is relatively near where we are in Fulham, like I would never put an ad there because you can barely see it. You drive past it so quickly. I think Out of Home ads. Well, do you know who advertises there? Which I, I think, well, no, I was going to say um, Capital Radio. Always advertise that, which for is sure, quite clever. Which is like, yeah, just turn it on. But I think that's the thing with like, for me, without of home, especially in like, you want someone to go to a website or you want someone to go online, it needs to be in a place where they can actually stop and look at it and take a photo of it or whatever it might be. Tubing, QR example, codes, are, yeah. yeah, tubes. QR codes are massive, used massively as well within out of home now, which is quite interesting. But there's some cool stuff in the newsletter. There's some cool brands that are doing a lot. Jeep did a lot with the um, 3D stuff, which is happening a lot in the Asian markets, which I think is going to be quite cool. Have you seen Piccadilly Circus in the last like month? Yeah. Virtu- they got a Virtually for- all of the billboards yeah. are these weird kind of like metaverse characters mm. jumping out and doing like, yeah. there's a really cool Heineken Zero one. Yeah. Um, I forget the other brands that were there, but literally all of them mm. have some level of like... Yeah, like 3D, coming out the screen yeah. or smashing the screen or yeah, like yeah, yeah. whatever. And it does feel like a lot more people are taking photos than but That's the thing. I mean, share, the shareability side is, is huge when you can kind of connect it to and if you can assign the budget to it, it's great. But I think, yeah, yeah. our thoughts are very clear. It has to be something that would be shared. It can't yeah. just be four out of home, you know, just simple imagery with a slogan. It doesn't work. Mm. So, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. We actually have a few things we're working on in this from a 3D side and... And, and other bits in terms of the out-of-home world. So yep. if you need need to chat, get in touch. Um, thanks very much. We'll wrap things up there. I know you've got a busy afternoon. Lovely. Well, thanks very much for being on, as always. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes. You can s- click the subscribe or the follow button on Apple. Equally, if you're watching us here on YouTube, click the like button down below. And also, don't forget to subscribe. Leave a comment and if you enjoyed the episode, head over to 303.london to subscribe to the newsletter and we will see you next week. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thank you.